feels like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown Waiver Wire Sniping heading into week three. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. Appreciate you checking out this show. Of course, if you're watching this on Saturday on YouTube, you already know. If you're checking out the podcast on Sunday and you're seeing this show drop, make sure you're subscribed over on YouTube. Uh, this show releases YouTube only on Saturday morning or afternoon and then on the podcast feed on Sunday. So if you want to get a jump on the waiver wire, you want these names ahead of the rest of your league mates. You got to be subscribed over on the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel. This is looking ahead to the waiver wire week three. Of course, week two is yet to kick off. But if you're newer to this strategy, in short, what we're looking to do here is take those few extra bench spots that we may have on our roster that we're not going to have to leverage those players in week two and to snipe some of these players off the waiver wire for free. Uh, on Saturday or Sunday, wherever your league settings are. Just pick them up as free agent ads, stash them on your bench through Sunday, see if they hit. And if they do, you're sitting there pretty with they're already on your roster versus the rest of your league looking around wondering what hit them. Uh, of course, nowadays, waiver wire content is everywhere, including right here on the Dynasty Wars Network. But if you want to get ahead, you don't want to fight people for fab or for waiver claims, you can use waiver wire sniping to add these guys earlier on. Uh, in the weekend ahead of time, and that's what I'm looking to do for you here. So I'm going to roll through uh, all the major positions today and uh, let you know what players you need to be adding before kickoff in week two. All right, here we go. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see these players' names up on the screen. Uh, if you're if you're listening on the podcast, again, I highly suggest YouTube on Saturday, but regardless, I'll roll through these names for you. At the quarterback position, couple matchups to monitor, and I'll continue to do this throughout the year as well. I'll give you a few QBs that you may be starting uh, that have some tough matchups next week. And also, as we get closer and closer to the bye weeks, that's another great time to be leveraging waiver wire sniping, to be looking at that at your team a week ahead just to see if you can prepare yourself a little bit better and not be surprised when you look and, you know, half your starters are on bye next week. So uh, I usually do this just for the string positions mainly quarterback, if we're heading into week three, we're going to get a chance to see Aaron Rodgers in prime time against the Chicago Bears. But in week three, Aaron Rodgers is going up against that Tampa Bay defense that shut down Dak Prescott in week one. So Aaron Rodgers may be a guy that if he struggles again in week two, you may look to sit. So take a look at Aaron Rodgers. If he's in your roster, you, may want to, you might want to pick up one of these streamer types just to be safe. Tua is another one. He gets He's going to be at home, but he gets the Buffalo Bills defense there. So another quarterback matchup to watch in week three. If you're streaming uh, and you like what you have heading into week two, you could consider picking up these guys for week three. But Matt Ryan at 44% owned leads it off for me. This matchup, this upcoming weekend is another one that I actually like. So you could pick up Matt Ryan to replace your streaming quarterback for week two and three. I like Matt Ryan's matchup in week three against the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Uh, Matt Ryan was my number two streaming quarterback for week two behind Carson Wentz. So if you, uh, if you have anybody lower than Matt Ryan on that list, then you can maybe just pick up Ryan and roll him for two weeks. Number two on this list, 18% owned Baker Mayfield. His week three matchup is at home against New Orleans Saints, and it kicks off three straight home games for Baker, who put up a pretty decent fantasy day in week one against the Browns. So Baker Mayfield is my number two waiver wire sniping quarterback this weekend. Number three is Ryan Tannehill. 18% owned as well at home in week three against the Las Vegas Raiders. Tannehill 
similar to Baker Mayfield, kind of had an under-the-radar decent performance. So he's definitely a streaming candidate. Been surprised on how, uh, how low he is on ownership percentage. So he's a guy that's readily available and out there. And if you're in a little bit of a deeper league, maybe some of these guys are already picked up. I still like the option of, of starting Marcus Mariota. He won't be great for NFL purposes, in my opinion. But for fantasy, if he's running like he did in week one, his week three matchup at Seattle being only 11% owned makes him a prime candidate as a spot starter for you if you're a streamer or maybe you're the Dak Prescott owner and you're looking for some replacements. Taking a look at the running back position, I have five or six guys here, a few deep league stashes that you may want to take a look at. Leading the top of the list for the second week in a row, I like rostering Rashad White. He's 36% owned. Uh, Leonard Fournette was limited in practice throughout the week. He'll be good to go for week two. But I just want to see more of a true game script for Tampa Bay uh, as we head into the second week of the season here. White was the only running back to see uh, meaningful snaps for the Bucks in week one. Uh, paired up with Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette still saw the lion's share, obviously. But I think Rash- Rashad White should be a priority handcuff. And he's about 10 to 15% uh, own- less owned in Yahoo leagues than some of those high-end handcuffs like a Jamal Williams or Khalil Herbert. Those guys are hovering right around 50, so they're not on this list. Number two to snipe is Rex Burkhead. His ownership percentage increased to 36% following week one, where he was heavily featured not only in the passing game, which we may have expected, but in the run game as well. So the fact that Burkhead will be the passing downs back, in my opinion, for this Houston Texans team, playing from behind most often than not, 36% owned Rex Burkhead should be more picked, more owned in across your league, especially in PPR. Number three on this list is Eno Benjamin, kind of similar to Rashad White. There's an established starter in James Conner there in Arizona, but Eno Benjamin only being 10% owned. I think what we saw from Arizona last week is going to uh, give us a glimpse into what we can see in the future. That game got away from Arizona in week one, but Eno Benjamin was, again, similar to White, the only other running back to see meaningful touches behind the starter. Benjamin only being 10% owned, I think, is a glaring oversight by fantasy owners. They need to go take a look at Benjamin and add him to their roster. I think we'll see, in a more normal game script from Arizona in Week 2, a 60-40 split between Connor and Benjamin. Hopefully a little bit more towards Connor, maybe 65-35. But I think Benjamin's definitely the guy to own there in Arizona behind James Connor, the starter. Number four on this list, pay attention to the Sunday uh, inactives. Uh, because if he's inactive, I'm probably not rostering him through the game. But Mark Ingram, 22% owned. Alvin Kamara did not practice this week. Ingram was limited. They're both questionable heading into New Orleans game in week two. If Kamara is going to miss time, Ingram is the guy. I know they signed uh, Latavius Murray this week, which doesn't bode well for, for both of these guys, but hopefully one of them will be able to go. And Mark Ingram at 22% on is definitely worth a stash over the weekend. And number five on this list, there's a lot of question marks still in that San Francisco backfield. Uh, you have Jeff Wilson as the presumed starter now with Elijah Mitchell going down. But Mason and Davis Price, uh, the two rookie running backs, Mason's only 5% owned, Davis Price is 7% owned in Yahoo leagues. These guys are definitely worth stashes just to see how that backfield shakes out. The one thing I will note, though, that I think is being a little bit overlooked, Mitchell had a great start you know, to that game, but we still saw Debo Samuel seeing plenty of carries through the backfield. So I think even if they do feature one guy, we haven't seen San Francisco use the running back in the passing game a ton to begin with. And if you factor in, you know, three to five carries for Debo Samuel a week. I think even if there is a number one back in San Francisco, you could be looking at 12, maybe 15 carries a week. But I'm still rostering Mason and Davis Price if I can uh, in deeper leagues if I have the roster spot. A couple names to keep note of that are IR eligible. 
Brian Robinson, just don't forget about him. He's 47% owned. And Gus Edwards, 13% owned. Positive signs for J.K. Dobbins this week, but I'm still going to try to see if I can stash Edwards in an IR spot for the next few weeks just to see how that Baltimore backfield shakes out. A couple deep league names just to note. Damian Williams, I know he was already ruled out for week two, so he could be a guy you just pick up and stash in an IR slot if your league allows. But he's a guy that I, you know, in that very, very, very small sample size for Atlanta, I think if I, from what I saw early on there, is that Williams is going to get a lot of run as the as the running back with Cordero Patterson more used as a receiver role, still used as the running back role as well. Of course, once Williams got injured, Patterson went off and had a great game. But I think with the lack of weapons on the outside for the Atlanta Falcons, you could see them trying to leverage Patterson as a receiver more this season and Williams as a true running back option uh, on the majority of plays, to be honest. And then the other option here, this is probably super deep. Obviously, dynasty owners are familiar with the name Jerome Ford. The rookie had a great preseason, and it was a little under the radar but Ford was the active running back last week in week one, not Dearness Johnson behind the two studs of Chubb and Hunt. If one of those running backs went down right now, it's looking like Jerome Ford is the inside edge over Dearness Johnson there in Cleveland. Wide receiver stashes at the top of the board. Still ownership percentage did not jump high enough to move Jahan Dotson off this list. So 41% on the rookie come, came down with two touchdowns, including the game winner in week one. Love stashing him. I think he's highly undervalued right now at 41% owned. He should be well over 50 in my opinion. Number two, Robbie Anderson also coming off a big week one, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Ownership percentage just jumped to 38%. Again, three straight home games for the Panthers in week three, four, and five. So Anderson is somebody that I'm trying to make sure is on my roster uh, heading into week two as a stash candidate. Probably not playing him this week if I don't have to. Week, uh, sorry, not week three, number three on the list, Traylon Burks, the rookie is 43% owned. We didn't see a ton out of him or this past game, to be honest, from the Titans in week one. But not seeing a lot of Robert Woods right out of the gate leads, you know, or Austin Hooper, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. I thought at least one of those guys would put up some decent numbers. And it, instead, it ended up really just being Kyle Phillips in the slot and not much else from this Tennessee Titans offense. Uh, so I think Traylon Burks is going to work his way into a prominent role this season. And I want that rookie on my bench. Number four slid down the list this week. I think it's less of a priority, but Michael Gallup. He should be back maybe week three, but probably week four. But his value is entirely tied to Dak Prescott. I personally don't believe that Dak Prescott's going to be back any sooner than week eight. Uh, but if you believe the reports that he could be back as soon as week six, Gallup still carries a decent amount of fantasy value there. And as we saw, there is nobody else on that Cowboys wide receiver room that stepped up to deserve touches uh, behind CeeDee Lamb. So Gallup at 27% on is still a fine stash candidate. Number five is Nico Collins, kind of similar uh, to a few of these other backs that or wide receivers that maybe didn't produce in week one. Collins had a rough week one, but 26% on. I'm still trying to stash him just to give this a little bit more time for the young wide receiver there in Houston. Game script should favor him. And number six on this list, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 19% owned. He had he was on the field just as much as Amari Cooper last week, which shows you that he is the wide receiver two in Cleveland. Of course, this is a run-first offense. But if Donovan Peoples-Jones can stay relevant over the next, you know, uh, six to eight weeks, maybe he can be a spot starter for you in PPR. And if he proves that when Deshaun Watson gets back, obviously we're looking a long way down the line here. But Donovan Peoples-Jones should be probably closer to 30, 35% on in my opinion. IR stash for the wide receivers. Do not forget about Jameson Williams. I know he's a way off at 23% on. I love those IR stashes because especially if you play in a league with kickers or defenses or whatever, you just drop your kicker pick up Williams for the week, 
put him in your IR slot, pick up another kicker, you're good to go. Those are free stashes. You should always be leveraging your IR slots whenever you can. Deep league stashes, maybe not for dynasty uh, as much, like, but in deeper redraft leagues, Van Jefferson, 5% on. I know he's banged up. I know he's going to miss week two. But the way that we saw Allen Robinson using this offense or not used in this offense for the Rams in week one, Maybe Jefferson actually steps back into a wide receiver two role rather than a wide receiver three as presumed. So I like adding Jefferson if I can. Again, he's another guy that's already rolled out for week two. So you may be able to leverage an IR slot for him. And Kyle Phillips, 4% owned. Uh, This is a little bit of a sneaky play. Uh, If your league allows you to drop players that have already, their games have already started. Kyle Phillips and the Titans actually play on Monday night football this week. So what you may be able to do, and I don't condone this, but if your league allows it, I would, I personally don't have this setting turned on for my leagues, but some leagues where you play, they the default is to let you drop a player that was on your bench, even if his game has already started. So for that, in that example, what you can do is stash another player that's on this list for waiver wire sniping. If he pans out, you're good to go, locked and loaded, you beat the wire. If he doesn't pan out, drop him for Kyle Phillips before the Monday night game and see if he uh, can replicate that six reception performance that he had in week one. Again, every little edge that you can take Take it. Push that envelope. That's what gives you the edge these days in fantasy football. Tight end streamers for week three. I like what I saw out of Hayden Hurst playing 75% of the snaps for the Bengals. I think he can be a red zone target for Joe Burrow. They get the Jets in week three, and Hurst is only 15% on. He's my top streamer as of now. Maybe a little bit of a longer-term play, but I'm fine with him as a streamer as well. Number two on my list is Logan Thomas. Played week one despite coming off a serious injury from last season. He's only 11% owned. And I think as long as he continues to see the field and he progresses from that injury, he's going to move into almost an every week starter role. Back into the top 12, but we've seen it from Thomas before. And Carson Wentz under center should give him a shot to be a starter at the tight end position, which is struggling right now with a few injuries, but also guys like Mike Kosicki that didn't produce in week one and is being dropped at a rapid pace. Number three on this list is Robert Tunyon, similar to Thomas, working his way back from an injury. Didn't see a ton of snaps, sub 40% in week one. Not a lot of weapons there in that Green Bay offense. We're going to see that on in prime time against the Bears this week. So Tunyon could be a streaming option in week three against the Bucs in a game that they're going to have to try to keep up with Tom Brady, 34% owned for Robert Tunyon. Number four on this list, he put up a big old donut. He's the most owned tight end on this list. But for now, if I can still stash Irv Smith as a streamer against the Lions in week three, that one's going to be in Minnesota, 42% owned. Irv Smith comes in at number four. And number five is Evan Ingram, 21% owned against the Chargers. Clearly a bottom of the option here for me, but still saw four receptions in week one with with Trevor Lawrence. And the Jags will be playing from behind for sure in that matchup. DSTs as we wrap this thing up. Yes, the Cowboys lost lost Dak Prescott and their offense will take a hit, but their defense was still pretty solid, including Micah Parsons getting two sacks on Tom Brady in week one. They play the turnover prone uh, Dan Jones. It's going to be in New York. 43% on Dallas Cowboys are my top streamer this week or for week three. If you can stash them, I would not pick them up to play them in week two because they play Cincinnati. But if you can stash the Cowboys playing the Giants in week three, go ahead and do that. Number two on this list is the New York Giants. Same matchup, playing the Cowboys, 6% owned. Uh, We'll get a look at Cooper Rush in week one, and my guess is you'll feel comfortable starting that Giants DST. And number three, the Minnesota Vikings, with a home matchup against the Detroit Lions, 17% owned. They're a little bit distant third for me, but if if you don't trust the Giants or the Cowboys, uh, Vikings could be a good team to take a look at heading into week week three. 
All right, with that, there you have it. Waiver wire sniping. A little bit longer edition today, 15 minutes, hopefully bite-sized enough for you guys. Appreciate you tuning in. Again, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you need to be subscribed over on YouTube. You can get this earlier on Saturday as you're combing through your rosters. But regardless, appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast throughout the week. I'll be back on Tuesday morning with the waiver wire show per usual. Hopefully some of these guys will already be on your roster and you won't have to worry about it. But if you're fighting your league mates, I'll give you my priority at each position every single week. Best of luck to you guys in week two, and we'll catch you for the week three waiver wire show next week. We'll see you.